Welcome to The Inner Room, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the instructions and examples they provide to learn mastery of our emotions, to guide us in our spiritual journey, to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. So many important things have happened this week and the busyness of this new year and these flamenco shows that are happening this weekend in Austin and Bastrop and all the trainings and everything else that is new and exciting projects that are culminating from all of the COVID lockdown where I channeled energies and artistic inspiration into flamenco, singing, dancing, so that the lockdown had some outlet that could be positive. So I, in the aftermath of all the craziness, I could look back and say, we did something. We learned something. Uh, the show is happening this weekend, and I have just not done my daily recording, so I am trying to catch up. At the beginning of the week, had Rosh Hashanah with our Jewish brethren. And if you have a Catholic calendar, like we do in our church every year. We get one at the um, end of the year for the following year. You'll find that in the calendar, we always annotate the Jewish feasts because our feasts are based on the feasts of the Jewish calendar. And that is very important because God gave all his blessings to the Jewish people as the chosen people. And so our Christian faith is built upon them and needs to understand the context of that faith. So Rosh Hashanah is the beginning of the new year. It falls, follows lunar, lunar calendar, so it follows somewhere between September and October most of the time. And this year it's happening right now. We're in a jubilee year, so it's very special. And there are special celebrations that go along with it, like eating honey and, and apples and blowing the shafar, this sort of horn that announces the glory of God. And if you have time, read on it. It's really, it's really useful. We celebrated that right next to the birthday of Our Lady Mary, the Mother of Christ, because we want to put in our calendar every year feasts that are going to help us live the beauty of our faith. And so December the 8th, we celebrate the Immaculate Conception, the idea that God will have a clean receptacle in which to become human, and that's Mary. And, of course, you know, uh, nine months after that, in a very 40 weeks, nine, nine months exactly, September the 9th, the 8th, we celebrate her birthday. So that is also beautiful. And the readings for that day are gorgeous. And I highly recommend that you spend time on them. But today I am going to focus on the readings for the 24th Sunday in Ordinary Time. And we have first one from the book of the prophet Isaiah. We are in chapter 50 and it's a section of the suffering servant where the Lord opens the ear is the prayer of Isaiah that I may hear. And I pray that prayer, Father, open my eyes and my ears that I may hear, that I may see. And I have not rebelled, he says. I've not turned back. I gave my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who plucked my beard, my face I did not shield from buffets and spitting. 
This is hundreds of years before Christ, a depiction of Jesus' passion. And the Lord God is my help, therefore I'm not disgraced. I have set my face like flint, knowing that I shall not be put to shame. He's near who upholds my right. If anyone wishes to oppose me, let us appear together. Who disputes my right? Let that man confront me. See, the Lord God is my help. Who will prove me wrong? You can imagine Jesus saying those words as he's going through the Passion. We can use those words in our prayer when we are going through suffering, when we are experiencing th something unfair, where, where something in our life has gone wrong. We can say, the Lord is my help. Therefore, I am not disgraced. You can imagine Jesus being spat upon and, and, and just torn apart. And Jesus knows, even though he appears disgraced to the eyes of men, he's not disgraced to the eyes of God. Psalm 116 says, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice in supplication, because he has inclined his ear to me the day I called. We can also use those words. And again, like in Isaiah, we're saying, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice in supplication. Doesn't a child love the father or the mother when you say something and your mother hears you? There's something very beautiful about being heard connected to being loved. So Psalm 116 is connected to the same thing we say in Isaiah 50. Open my ears, Father. Let me hear. Let me see as you see. Gracious is the Lord and just. He is a God of mercy. He has freed my soul from death. And I walk before the Lord in the land of the living, which is the refrain. All kinds of things are going on around us. And we have to find ways to connect to joy, to connect to what is beautiful, to connect to what is true, and to connect to what unites us, not to what separates us. In the letter of St. James, chapter 2, we can find something that unites us, and that is the work of our hand being a way where we show our faith. We don't justify ourselves through it in the way that some make, but our works are the works that are going to help us show up in the world as people of service. And we have corporal works of mercy and we have spiritual works of mercy. The corporal works of mercy involve the physical realm. So we are feeding the hungry, visiting the prisoners in jail, helping the sick, giving clothes to the poor. Those are called the corporal works of mercy. But we also have spiritual works of mercy and those involve the spirit. We are informing the ignorant or consoling the afflicted. So they have to do with the emotional, with the spiritual, the psychological realm. And we can also assist those that are going the wrong way and making their own their wrong choices, counseling them so that they can find the right path. St. James says, go in peace, keep warm and eat well is not very helpful to somebody that is hungry. And it's the same thing. To say, well, on, on, on account of tolerance, we can just allow people around us to share with us that they're doing things that are not going to end up being good for them because they're spiritually incorrect. 
and we cannot be quiet. These can be so difficult. So today I'm praying that God help me be wise and follow the inklings of the Holy Spirit. We come then to the gospel according to Mark chapter 8, and we find Jesus in Caesarea Philippi, and when we visited this area with the pastor in our church, we saw that the Jordan River begins in this area in the northern part of, of Israel, and this is where Jesus says to the disciples, who are they saying that I am? Who do you say that I am? The beginning, they get the answer wrong. Well, it could be Elijah, could be Moses, could be John the Baptist. And the identity of Jesus, he wants them to know that he is both God and man. He wants them to know that he's the son of the father. He wants them to know that he is also their Lord and their savior. And in order to accomplish that mission, he has to die. And Peter doesn't want to hear that. So when Peter first replies, you are the Christ, he is recognizing the true identity of Christ. But when he, when Jesus tells him that he's going to be rejected by the elders, he's going to suffer and he's going to be killed, Peter doesn't want to hear this. He takes them, he takes him aside and and begins to tell him, Lord, you know, you, we will go with you. We'll fight for you. You won't, you won't die. And what Jesus says to Peter, he can say to us, I rebuke you. Get behind me, Satan. You're thinking not as God, but as human beings. So he gets the identity right, but he doesn't get the purpose right. Because Jesus needed to die to defeat death. And they loved him so much, they didn't want to see him go through that. Sometimes it's very hard to understand when there's a cross in somebody's life, in our life, when something is just difficult and it, it, it's not easy to solve or, or maybe it's unsolvable. And we have to learn to rely on God's vision, God's ways, God's presence, God's companionship to walk through the valley of tears. And all of us have had to do that in one way or another in our life. We have to know the distinction of that which we can change and we can intercede for and we can go into the court of heaven and ask God to assist us in change and create a sign, a miracle, a wonder in our life, which is available through the victory of Jesus in Calvary. And, and yet there are other situations, like I have seen people who have a child who has a, a, a malformation when they're born or they have, they're born with a genetic condition or uh, they have something in their life that they have to address. They're born in a part of the world where there is hunger or war, and that is part of their condition where they start. And so intercession for one another can help someone else have a sign, a miracle, and wonder. Intercession for ourselves can help that. At the same time, we walk through the valley of tears and suffering is part of the human condition. And Jesus showed us, we see it even from Isaiah with the suffering servant, that his suffering was a part of his purpose for the salvation of the world. So we come to the throne today, Father Almighty, with the desire to enter the inner room where you, Father, find us. 
and where we can align our emotions with the higher purpose that you have for our lives, where we can align our depression or our anxiety or our fear, especially when they're suffering, Father, that we can put it at the foot of the altar, that you can bless that and transform that fear, that suffering, that pain, and that that transformation is available, Father, and that we are grateful that you walk with us through the difficulties of life. We know, Father, that you have great plans for our lives. Help us to align our emotions so as suffering shows up in our life, we can intercede and we can also offer up the suffering, Father, so that it can complete what is missing in the passion of Christ in the distribution of that grace to our place and our time, to our today, to our now. We pray that the blood of Jesus Christ may cover us from head to toe, Father, and that we may be open to the purpose that you've written for us in your book of life so that we can step into the main character role of the script of the movie that you've prepared for us, Father. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hello, this is Sofia Fonseca de Niño, and I welcome you to this inner room. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the inner room, Emotions in the Bible. And we would love to hear your questions, your ideas, or your comments. Thank you for joining us today.